0: You're listening to the Spiritual Awakening Show. I'm your host, Brent Spirit, and this is another Kundalini Awakening Q&A compilation. In today's compilation, we'll be covering topics like Kundalini Awakening and the Third Eye, free will and surrender, heart chakra blockages, and Kundalini Awakening and anxiety. You can join us for the next meeting on Zoom. Visit BrentSpirit.com/slash/KundaliniQA for more info. At the moment. It's free to join. As well, you can check out the other parts of this series. There's over 70 talks and interviews on the Kundalini Awakening process on the rest of the podcast as well as my YouTube channel at Brent Spirit. Did you know I have a flagship eight-hour video course out? It's called Grounded Spiritual Emergence and Integration. We go very deep into how to embody your far-out spiritual awakening in the world as a human being with everything that comes with it, like a fleshy body, A nervous system responsibilities relationships emotions and purpose i'm really proud of this course and i didn't rush to make it at all in fact it took me over 10 years of personal exploration and supporting others going through spiritual awakening to understand these concepts i've put it together in plain english and i've held nothing back it's especially applicable for those going through a challenging kundalini awakening process so if you're feeling ungrounded and energetically unstable you can check out the course at brentspirit.com/grounded. Don't forget to leave a rating for the show on Spotify if you haven't already. If you have, thank you so much as well. Don't forget to hit follow. You can also find me on YouTube, like I mentioned, at Brent Spirit. Enjoy the episode. In this segment, we'll be talking about Kundalini awakening and heart chakra blockages. So Jay says, Shakti has been at my heart, the back, for a few years and causes a lot of pain. Is there anything I can do to move the energy? Thanks, Brent. Okay. Okay. So what I would say is that we don't want to do anything to specifically move the energy. Okay. But what we can do is create space for the energy to move. Okay. Subtle distinction. We don't want to manipulate the energy per se. We want to create space for the energy to do what it needs to do at its own pace. So some ideas here, and uh, they may not be what you need to do, but just some ideas. We can meditate and bring our awareness to those areas where it feels really intense in in the back, in the heart. Really sit with it and allow it to be there and note any inclination that comes up of, I want this to go away. I want this to move. I want relief note those thoughts that may come up, let them go and just really sit with it and say, this is what's happening right now. It's in my back. It's in my heart. Let it be here. It's okay. Like that, we bring our attention and it can actually begin to do a little bit of processing and and move forward. That's one idea that you can explore. Um, For the heart specifically, there can be some gentle movements, particularly back bends. So you know, uh, arms behind up in the air, reaching up at the sky, just opening up that area, creating space. Once again, these are some things that you can consider not intense, like full back bends, If it's not feeling right for you, you know, uh, but just gently reaching up to the sky and leaning back a little bit, bending the spine, kind of like a, uh, you know, like a banana type shape that can help as well. Also working with the heart, the heart chakra center of love, right? giving ourselves love, feeling our hands on our heart and with each breath saying, I love you. And that I love you is directed towards the entire body, mind, spirit system and everything contained within it. Thoughts, emotions, feelings, memories, um, everything, everything, head to toe. And so as we fuel this fire of love in our hearts, it can actually begin to to process and move and uh, make its way uh, uh, up at its own pace so our job is to make space and to do what we can the rest is up to the energy. So these are some ideas to consider. Um a major shift will happen once you just say this is where it's at and I'm I'm okay with that. Often the resistance to where it's at keeps it in that place. Saying it's okay this is where it's at that's fine too. Okay? In this segment, we'll be talking about kundalini and how to handle anxiety. Questions about, well, my my own thing is anxiety and waves and waves and waves of anxiety rather than anything blissful in the last six, seven months. And uh, trying to find ways uh, to to calm that to change the anxiety into into something else into something more pleasant anyway that, that that's basically the question how can one deal with that those just overwhelming and constant anxiety um if that's if that's what's happening but uh yes anxiety can can really come up throughout this process in very very intense ways and so I I recognize your your approach and, um, and it's not uncommon at all. And I had the same idea as well. We have to ch- the, the idea of having to change the anxiety or find relief from the anxiety or that it was a problem that we have to cure. But I would argue that during this process, the emotional experiences that we have, the psychological experiences that we have are a little different than quote unquote, the average person who has anxiety. The reason is because the average person has anxiety but they don't have a force awakened within them that's trying to push the anxiety out. So when you have anxiety, it's a little different than other people. And therefore, you have to approach it a little differently, which means we recognize that there's a force trying to stir things up in us to get it out and exhausted and released. So rather than trying to change the anxiety or make it go away, we want to create context and an understanding of how can we exhaust this anxiety out. So we can sit with it and say, okay, you know, the anxiety is here, this is what's happening. All right, maybe I've been carrying this type of thinking pattern and these emotional patterns for a long time, Well, let's exhaust it out. And the only way to exhaust it out is to uproot it. And that's what this process is trying to do, It's trying to uproot it. And in order for it to be uprooted, we have to really experience it fully. So rather than trying to to get it to be quiet, let's listen to it in a safe way. So journal out all of the anxious thoughts, sit in meditation, and the meditation doesn't have to be quiet. It can be a very noisy, anxious, uncomfortable meditation, but the meditation creates a space, a safe space for that anxiety to really express. And once it's said what it needs to say, eventually it's just like, well, there's nothing left to say. And it's exhausted. That energy has been been burned up. And then that's when you can find a more sustainable period of peace where um, you you may say that there's no longer anxiety really present. So this goes for anger, sadness, jealousy, rage. We want to give a space to all of these emotions to come up rather than trying to change them. We want to let them be here. They're not a problem at all. They're not a problem at all. Um, It's, you know, you could even do some more deeper work. How has anxiety benefited you? Maybe it's kept you on your toes during times where you needed to be. So like that, we can make friends with this anxiety and say, okay, you know, you helped me during these difficult parts of my life. I appreciate you for being there, but now things are different. I don't need you here anymore. So thank you so much. And at your own pace, anxiety, know that, you know, you can you can leave now. And then we just sit back and we let it come forth and be released. And we can do that with all of our psychological patterns, emotional patterns, et cetera. So I hope that's that's helpful. But know that you're not alone. Many people experience a lot of mental activity. And in some respects, we can get a little confused because we can say, Well, I thought spiritual awakening was about a quiet mind. My mind's more noisy than ever. Well, I would argue that uh it's not just about being quiet, it's about really letting it all scream and talk and yell before the real quietude comes in this segment we'll be talking about kundalini awakening free will and surrender um yeah kind of uh, a question or just trying to get maybe your thoughts on uh free will and you know this may seem kind of Antithetical to some of what has been said, but I think it's maybe also aligned in kind of like a paradoxical way. I'm starting to feel like the getting the mind out of the way with this process may be the best way. Like you, you look into like Kundalini tips and tricks, and you know how to, you know, what do I do here? How should I do this? But really, if you if your mind is in that state, I'm wondering if that's preventing you from just being and allowing the process to happen. Kind of like you know just being in a state of of radical acceptance as the process unfolds, and then being able to greet that with kind of, you know, love and, and grace for yourself and, you know, how that might be aligns with free will. Like, is there really anything you can do or do you just, you know, let it happen? Yeah. Great question. And it's, and and you presented it really well. If you have free will use it to the best of your ability, but if there are times where you feel in a state of surrender or something is moving you, go with that. Ultimately, we can't get this wrong, because the fact of the matter is, I mean, you can look in, and Buddhism touches upon this quite well, there is no, no individual entity here called Brent, or me, or I, to control any of this. And when we see that, or that is seen, you recognize that you can never get any of this wrong. And it's all unfolding according to a very, very large uh, divine orchestration. Um, And from there, there comes a great surrender. But even though one may have seen that there is no self, still we have to operate under the illusion of there is. And that illusion, the way that we operate under, um, we can do our best to operate from a larger perspective that sees that there's a much larger unfolding, that it's not just the mind in control here. So that's where we can begin to pay attention to what our body's asking for, to what synchronicity is calling us towards, this and that. At times, you may think that you, by your own ego mind, thought, I'm going to go to the bookstore and go to this aisle and pick out this book and buy it and read it. But you open the book and it's, it's speaking directly to you and your experience, and it goes to show that something inspired you to go to the bookstore. It wasn't your own idea. So it doesn't really matter if it's you think it's free will or it's divine will. You can't get this wrong. The idea is that we just go along with the journey and um, be easy with what's coming up, allow anything to come up, and know you can't get this wrong. We're here talking and sharing ideas and approaches because there's nothing else we can do. Right. We can say I I could say, guys, it's gonna happen on its own. Go just relax and and it will, it will happen on its own. But we're here to connect and enjoy this conversation. You could say it's for fun, for entertainment, whatnot. It just makes the journey a little bit more interesting. But ultimately, yeah, this is happening on its own. Um There is no ego mind here to control it anyway. But if there appears to be one in your reality, then you must use it with your best of your ability to operate with with consciousness, mindfulness, in an ethical way, in a way that's respectful of yourself, others, et cetera, et cetera. So great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. In this segment, we'll be talking about Kundalini Awakening and the third eye especially at night I've noticed like closing my eyes I see geometric shapes the energy is up and down like crazy and sometimes I close my eyes um I tr- I, I guess I can try to see a picture sh- like something wants to be shown to me but I can't like I I don't know what I'm seeing or if anybody else experiencing anything like this when they close their eyes at night when it's the most intense and the thought process um like you were saying it was it's all over the place but I've learning to um, Breath work helps with that a lot, even laying down breath work, um, concentrating on the breath, um, clearing the chakras, like stuff like that has helped all that kind of slow down. So that does slow down the chatter in the head. But does anybody have anything like that going on with them, as in the closing eyes and seeing things, and or if that's just me? <laughs> Thanks for letting me share. Great, great, thank <laughs> you. Uh, so if you'd like to relate with me in the chat, you can. But uh, definitely not uncommon at all to have what you may call closed-eye visuals or hallucinations, you could say, uh, very similar to uh, a psychedelic trip, a mild psychedelic trip. You know, you, you close your eyes and you have these experiences. Um, not uncommon at all. I experience it uh, quite regularly. Uh, the more that the, uh, the third eye, because it's the third eye that's, that's, that's creating or seeing these visuals or perceiving these visuals. Uh, in the beginning, it may come as just a, a dull color. Sometimes you may close your eyes. You see indigo, maybe you see some other colors. At other times, you see sort of more clear images begin to appear, shapes, sacred geometry, just gentle movements. The more that this area becomes activated, if it's appropriate for you at times, you close your eyes and you could quite literally see um, entire scenes um, in, in incredible detail. And uh, it may be meaningful for you. It may be something from the past coming up that you're, quote unquote, reliving. Um, um, for example, just the other day, I, I had a very vivid, clear experience of being able to walk through my my old childhood home. And I could tell you the color of the carpet. I could, I could perceive the textures. I could perceive, and I walked through the whole home. And as I walked through this home, uh, I, I had memories coming up in each room over the years of what was happening. Significant memories, traumatic memories, beautiful memories. And so the third eye afforded me the ability to process that stuff in a very clear and direct way. Uh, So that's some, there's some some different, uh, of course, uh, uses for the third eye in this way. Not everybody will have experiences like that. Not everybody will have them consistently. They come and go as needed, but just know that uh, it's normal. You're not going crazy. Um, In the beginning, it may be a little blurry. You can just kind of sit with it, accept it, See, if you can also say, if I were to imagine what this might be, what would it be? And you can say, I may be making it up and that's okay too. Let's just see what comes. And that can actually give the third eye permission to create something a little bit more clear. And you may have to be very discerning and say, I may have been making this up and imagining it. I may have not been. In either case, it's okay. It's just an image in my mind. It's not a big deal. And so like that, we, we can move through any blockages that may be like, I can't see my old childhood home or I can't you know, imagine anything super clear. That's not possible. That's not real. So maybe it is. Let's see what happens. And so this is something you can explore and entertain. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that when we do go to sleep and we have these things like this, it may be an indication that we need a little bit more grounding in our, in our lives. Um, something to keep in mind as well. Sometimes when we're ungrounded, we're not aware that we're ungrounded until we get like a a rotating psychedelic experience in our head at night, and we go, "Oh my gosh, I'm not grounded. I should maybe eat a little bit better tomorrow, get some exercise, etc." So it can also be a little bit of a an indication that um, a lot of energy is up in the head. Pay attention, be mindful. Um, you know, move the body, eat some some dense foods and whatnot. So something to keep in mind as well.